the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Sam Bolito, we could have gone for a little bit more like upbeat. You know, I mean, a little bit, you know, but all right, I get it. I it's get more it. upbeat than bagpipes. Oh, well, I, I know. I, let me tell you something. The, the bagpipes today from uh, County Cork, uh, which entered uh, Bobby Van Steakhouse while I was uh, in there with the owner, Joe Smith, and my friend Zen and uh, my partner Imran, who you guys will hear later on tonight on Kevin McCullough's show. Uh, they were unbelievable. They played some of my favorite Irish tunes. Welcome to Thursday evening at 6.06 p.m. And I, you know, we've been talking about New York City so much, uh, whether it's when I'm hosting the Joe Piscopo show when he's uh, out working hard or uh, here on the Idala Power Hour about New York and the New York comeback story. And certainly everyone was trying really hard today. And, you know, hats off to the Irish Americans and all of us who look, who become Irish today, because that's kind of what happens. I mean, it's hilarious how everybody is, uh, uh, everyone's Irish today. As I look at my Italian Jewish friend, uh, Matthew Sambolan, who's wearing a shirt that says Ireland on it, where, where the Craig is almighty. <laughs> all right. The shirt came directly from Ireland. So I hear okay. what's, what's up with that? My wife bought it when she visited Ireland back in 2015. Oh, with her boyfriend? Uh, yeah, exactly, her boyfriend. Okay, good, good to know. Um, so here's what happened. So I, I was um, I heading into Manhattan and heading to my office, which is swamped, right? I'm on 45th and 5th. The parade kicks off on 44th and 5th. But I said, you know, if I get there before the parade starts, everything will be fine. Well, I get out of the subway, and uh, we'll talk about the subway in a minute because that was a good experience. Um I mean, I haven't seen crowds like that in over two years. I mean, it's not like uh, the pandemic shot everything down. And the day before, there were thousands. I mean, there were, I can't wait to see the count. I mean, if they say there were a million people in the streets, because the parade is very long. It goes from 44th Street to 79th Street. And, you know, when, when you're wondering, like, what, what, what's everyone thinking? It was like a combination 
uh, people getting out of the house, people gathering socially, uh, and, and just celebrating. I mean, it was a big celebration for all of New York. Uh, when I say it was crowded, it's not, I mean, every, every inch of the, the gates that separate, you know, the sidewalk from the street were, were taken, but it was like four people deep. It was the person at the fence, someone behind them, someone behind them, and someone behind them. So I'm like, how am I going to get to my office? Now, I was, if you want to uh, take a, a peruse Facebook, I'm pretty sure there are some photographs of me. I'm wearing a green hat, and I'm wearing an overcoat, and it's a trench coat. I, I, I mean, I looked like I was someone. I'm going to say that because the cops just kept, kept letting me through. So here I am. I got, I got through. I got through all of these barricades. And uh, I'm about to walk into my office, and the great Vincent Lavienne, otherwise known as IGG, calls me. He says, where are you? He's like, I'm on 45th. I'm about to walk into the office. He said, I'm on 47th. Hold on a second. So I stayed there, and Vinny pulls me into the street. Next thing you know, I'm hugging the, the mayor, Eric Adams, and, and taking pictures with him. Um, I'm standing with Monsignor Casada, who's the, the chaplain for the NYPD, as his father Romano. We're in the, the, there's... It was an unbelievable scene. It was such a positive scene. And the energy was so positive. Everyone was so excited. And New York City, that area of it just looked beautiful. It was perfect. And it was it was it it, it was like old times. J Lot, just like old times. And those of you who are listening in, you know, far away in Connecticut or New Jersey, um, if you have local um if you have local uh, St. Patty's Day parades next weekend, I know, I think it's the 27th. There's one in, in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Uh, they're, they're, all, they're scattered all over the five boroughs. You should go. You should definitely go because the energy out there right now, it's a unique time in world history. I guess th- this was my whole long-winded way, way of saying it, it, it really was. It was. I've been to many St. Patty's Day parades. Um, I, you know, my office has always been on Fifth Avenue, first on 48th, then on 45th, uh, and I always attend. My dad always used to get dressed up all in green, and I tried to emulate him today. That'll There'll be some pictures of that on Facebook. Uh, we did a little compare and contrast from Lou about a decade ago to Arthur a decade later. Um, but it, it was great. And, um, you know, we have to applaud the uh, Irish-American uh, contri- contributions to this country, and we're going to do that in the next segment. When I when I left uh, when I left you last night, I said I was heading to the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick dinner, which I did. Of course, they had to have it at an Italian venue. You know, San Bellino. They know where their bread is buttered. You of know, course, so uh, to speak. Absolutely. They know where their filet mignon is cooked properly, and um, uh, it was a uh, it was a great event. And we're going to have the president of the uh, Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's, John A. Coleman the third, come and join us. Uh, on the on the phone in a couple of minutes, just to talk a little bit about the Irish American contributions and about last night. Because l- let me a- ask you, listeners, uh, friends out there, when was the last time you were in a room with six hundred people not wearing masks, hugging each other and kissing each other? Now, the Irish are not known for hugging and kissing, but you know I'm Sicilian, so I was hugging and kissing. So I was Irish last night. I was Irish today. After I left. Um, so I marched in the parade. I marched all the way up to, to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and I stood there. The Cardinal's mom, Cardinal Dolan's mom, passed away, I think, two or three days ago. So he is in St. Louis with the rest of his family. Uh, so he wasn't there. Uh, but there were other there were bishops there and, and 
Uh, so I just hung out under the, uh, uh, there was a big tent right in front of St. Patrick's Cathedral. And I saw the firefighter who I recognize from 9-11 on the anniversary when they're always ringing the bell. And it's the same exact guy. And the bell is there. So I was like, what's this all about? And Vinny Lavien said, he goes, at noon, they're going to do a moment of silence. And um, for all that has been, everyone who was lost in the last year since last St. Patty's Day. And at noon, um, the acting fire commissioner was there. Um, and uh, some brass from the fire department, some brass from the NYPD, and they conducted a little service. It was about eight to ten minutes. It was beautiful, and um, they made us all turn and face south towards the World Trade Center and said, you know, 20 years ago, how different the St. Patty's Day Parade was because we were all so numb from uh, the events of 9-11-2001. And then they rang, and then they read the names of, uh, I believe in total it was three firefighters who who died in the last year, and the two police officers, um, Rivera and Mora, who died. And every time they rang their bell, it was interesting because when the they named the fire department gentleman, the fire department um, official of the part of the ceremonial unit rang the bell, and when they rang, they read Detective Mora and Detective Rivera. Uh, Rivera, they um, they rang the, uh, the the NYPD member of the ceremonial unit rang the bell. It was very 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 touching, and they they threw out all the statistics of how many first responders died, how many have died since from COVID, uh, not COVID. Listen, I got COVID on the brain from the the diseases that they got from being down there in the pit on nine eleven, and um, you know w- when you're standing there with the with the um, the priests and the Bishops, all the politicians came over. So I saw Eric Adams again, and the governor came over, and Tish James came over and gave a hug and a kiss. It was just a great, great New York experience. And I am gushing about it because I will say everyone knows uh, this is Joe Piscopo's channel, and he loves the Columbus Day Parade, as do I. But, you know, today was, you know, just on a whole other level of excitement and enthusiasm and crowds and crowds. And I will say, I didn't see anyone drunk. I really didn't. Um, Eric Adams was loving it. He was having beers early this morning, just a ceremonial taste here and there. He was doing a pub crawl. Many pubs, I think um, I, I heard 40, have closed over the last two years here in New York City. And today is a huge day for them financially, and I'm thrilled. Uh, my buddy Bernie, uh, who owns Megan's and Sean's and um, the Perfect Pint and Connolly's um, and Kevin's, all in Midtown Manhattan, all around um, the uh, 42nd Street area, yeah, he got crushed over the last two years. And so today, hopefully, he put a few more shekels, which is an Irish term for money, um, because it is Purim today also, um, in his pocket. But, you know, again, we're going to come back with uh, with John Coleman talking about Irish-Americans and great Irish-Americans. And we're very fortunate here at AM 970 because here at AM 970, our leader, our fearless leader, he goes by the last name of Crowley, does he? So, uh, Mr. Crowley, happy uh, St. Patty's Day to you. Uh, if you were here right now, I would uh, buy you a libation, but that's impossible. So I'm going to do the next best thing, and I'm going to put on the president of the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick uh, right when we come back. Not intending to stay very long. I met with this pretty young damsel. 
So just to be consistent with the Irish-American theme, let's talk about my friends at O'Connors and Sullivan. Yes, those are the men. Nope, they're not Italian. They're not Jewish. They are the Irishmen, Connors and Sullivan. And why are they here? They are here to protect you, to protect your estate, to protect your loved ones. Because getting sick is very, very expensive. It could be hundreds and hundreds of dollars a day. It could be thousands of dollars a day. It could be tens of thousands of dollars a month. Why are you leaving this for chance? Why are you not prepared? It's so easy to be prepared. 718-238-6500. You can pick up the phone right now and dial them. And, and and leave a message if nobody answers to make a free initial consultation with a lawyer. I'm not talking to send, about sending you to any lawyers. I'm talking about sending you to lawyers who have been doing this for 40 years. They know how to preserve your assets. They know if you maybe need to buy some form of insurance to protect you. Connors and Sullivan are the attorneys that can save you, a tremendous amount of headaches if you're sick, can save your family a tremendous amount of financial loss. So don't wait. Call now, 718-238-6500, Connors and Sullivan. They have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. The time to act is now, 718-238-6500. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Dublin's fair city where the girls are so I first set my eyes on sweet Molly Malone as she wheeled her wheelbarrow through the streets broad and narrow crying cockles and mussels alive alive I'm pretty sure that I went to the statue of uh, Molly Maguire when I was in Dublin in uh, 2008, right after the Yankees won the World Series. Uh, I, I just I heard uh, Piscopo this morning gushing about his time in Ireland, and I feel exactly the same. And one of the biggest myths, first of all, I want to I want to make something very clear: the Italian people are very different than the Italian American people. That should be said even tenfold about the Irish people versus the Irish-American people. The Irish people are, like, so friendly, so outgoing. They make Italians seem like they, they're giving you the cold shoulder. Uh, they want to talk and talk. They want to hear all about you. Uh, and another total myth, and even last night some of the speakers were, were making jokes about the Irish cuisine. Let me tell you something. When I was in Ireland, I had fantastic meals. 
there are first of all there's cattle everywhere there is there are sheep and goats and i was eating all of it i was eating a ton of lamb uh i mean just really delicious food i, I can't say i had one bad meal when i landed in shannon with like four and a half hours uh, of sleep maybe less we had the big irish breakfast uh right by the cliffs of maher and it was just, I mean, I, if you haven't been to Ireland and you have the opportunity to go, you should definitely go. And I, I've been blessed uh, since I was a young man. I was probably, probably a lawyer already. So it was my early, mid, mid-20s. Um, my whole family went to Fordham. My mother went to Fordham. Her only brother went to Fordham. My father went to Fordham. His only sister went to Fordham. My only sister went to Fordham. Um, I, I wasn't, I didn't even know how to spell Fordham. So I went to the state university of New York. Um, not only did my father go to Fordham university, he went to Fordham prep and then Fordham university. Um, I'm surrounded with folks from Fordham and my dad's friends from Fordham, uh, uh Tom O'Brien in particularly was very active in a, um, organization called the society of the friendly sons of St. Patrick in the city of New York. And I, I've been going to this event for many, many years. It was typically held at the Sheridan Hotel, and you would have a thousand Irishmen in there. Now they allowed a couple of Sicilians and some others. In the the early years, there were no women. So you have a thousand men in tuxedos with a bowl or bucket of beer in the middle of the table. Um, Let's just say those were some interesting nights. Uh, But the, the speakers... And the Irish are known for speaking. I mean, John Kennedy, the president of the United States, was spectacular. Um, the Irish are known for speaking. And on this night, they uh, they usually have two speakers, one who's a little more comedic and one who's, who's more of a substantive speaker. So without further ado, we have the honor tonight on AM 970, The Answer, to hear from the president of the Society of the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's after a two-year hiatus, President John A. Coleman III took the podium. President Coleman, it's Arthur. Thank you so much for jumping on the line with us. Hey, Arthur. How are you doing? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, it was great seeing you at St. Patrick's Cathedral today with your beautiful family. I met your big daughter last night. I met your two younger daughters. And um, just to be totally transparent, I didn't realize until last night I worked with your wife um, in the district attorney's office in Brooklyn, of course, she's much younger than I am, but um, you guys, what a beautiful family. Congratulations to you, and tell us a little bit about the Friendly Sons and about you know your big comeback story from uh, last night. Well, the, you know, we're, we're an organization um, that goes back to 1784, uh, and we, we were founded in 1784 in, in, in New York. Um, we have another, there, there are different Friendly Sons organizations around the country. You'll still find them in different cities. Philadelphia has the oldest one in the country, which I think may date to 1770, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but we're, we're, I think the St. Andrew's Society, which represents Scotland in New York, is, is a little bit older than us as well. But we, we've been around for a while, and we were founded back, um, you know, when, when the nation was very young uh, in its infancy, and it was really to by by successful um, Irishmen to help their their less fortunate countrymen who had come to America. Um, and at the time, uh, you know, the the country, the city was really reeling 
um, in an economic crisis in 1784 because we had had this great military and political success in uh, expelling the British from the city. But within that success, there was there was an economic contraction because all the British troops that were, you know, buying goods and, you know, part of the economy all left. And so and so the economy contracted and it was it was a difficult time for people. And so the society was formed to help to help other fellow Irishmen and, you know, uh, well, Irish women, too, um, to, to deal with those those problems. And so we've been we've been an active charity now for this is our 238th year. And, and John, um, John, I, I hate to interrupt you, John, but I what I remember from last night and your speech was um, well, your many speeches. But uh, you said that this was the first time the society went two years without a dinner except during the famine. Correct. That, that's correct. That's correct. Back in, in 1847 and 1848, they, they deemed it to be in, in bad taste to, to host a dinner um, because, you know, we, we, we dress up and it, it's a formal affair and, and we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. But given the, the tremendous suffering that was going on in Ireland at that time during the Great Famine, they, they deemed it was not the right thing to do. And so instead they collected funds uh, and, and they sent those funds to Ireland to try to help out. And so um, so this was the second time we've had to cancel the dinner for two years. We canceled it in 2020 because March 13th, I think, was, was when things pretty That's much correct. shut down. So we, we were, missed it by a couple of days that year. And last year we couldn't hold the dinner. And so this was this was our first year back. But, um, you and, know, I think just uh, fill, a lot of positive feedback. Fill the listeners in a little bit about the two speakers and their their respective themes last night. So we have we have a tradition where um we offer toasts, and we say traditionally we offer three toasts. Last night I offered a fourth toast in honor of, of a good old friend of the society who had passed away uh, just before COVID set in, so we never had had a chance to honor him properly. And that was that was Al Smith, um, who's a name that should be familiar to, to New York, um, you know, his Democratic historians, uh, the great Al Smith, who was the governor of the state back in the 1920s, uh, and his grandson. Um, who, who passed away back in, in 2019, both gave tremendous contributions to our society. Um, but we offer, we offer a toast to the President of the United States, and, and I, as the President of the Society, respond to that toast, and I, I quoted from, from President Kennedy in my remarks. And then we offer a toast to the day we celebrate, St. Patrick's Day, and Father Joseph McShane, the President of Fordham University, uh, responds to that very humorously. Um, and then we offered a toast to the United States of America. Uh, and uh, Captain Scott Kelly, a uh, retired uh, captain from the Navy and retired NASA astronaut, who is, has the record for spending more days in space than any American. Yeah, he was um, great. He was, he was really days. Yeah, he was 520, right? Yeah, 520. Spent almost a year on the International Space Station in one chunk. Um, without ever taking a shower, without you know, when, John. When I saw him afterwards, I went over to him. I was like, "Listen, that was amazing. Your speech was great. You should speak in because uh, he was. You should speak to young people about, you know, second chances. Because he told some intriguing stories about his childhood and how he read the book The Right Stuff by Tom Wolfe, and that's what motivated him. Um, but I did say, I go. You said you didn't take a shower for a year. I go, how does that work? He goes, ah, you just wash the, you just like take a sponge bath with, the, and you wash the parts that you need to wash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that you know, I've always wanted to be an astronaut, but um, 
you know, hearing that, it kind of gives you second thoughts, I think, right? Yeah, well, it, it was great. So, John, we only have a minute, minute left, um, and you can take the fifth, as I tell some of my clients to do, but in all the years that you've been going, uh, tell me just one or two of the people whose speeches stand out in your mind. Well, you know, I think um, I remember one year we had uh, George Pataki speaking along with, with Al Smith, uh, Al Smith, the great-grandson of, of the original Al Smith, and, you know, nobody really knew uh, Governor Pataki at the time. He was a new governor. He had kind of, you know, come out of nowhere, um, you know, to become the governor. And, he, you know, he came, and, and nobody, nobody was really expecting a lot from him. But he delivered a real home run. And, and Al was this experienced speaker. He had been hosting the Al Smith Dinner for the Archdiocese of New York for so many years at that time. He was really polished at the lectern. And I remember Al got up on you know, to deliver his speech. And he looked at, at Governor Pataki and he said, you picked a heck of a night to come out of your shell, Governor. <laughs> and um, and so that was a uh, that was a great yeah, night. I remember but, being uh, there for Tom Brokaw and, and I think Bloomberg spoke one year. And I mean, it's always it's always a great night. And, and I just want to thank you because I know you worked really, really hard to make uh, last night happen. And there were I saw a lot of familiar faces and some great people who've made tremendous contributions to not only this city, but to this country. So on behalf of all New Yorkers and all Americans, I want to thank uh, John A. Coleman III, who is the current president of the Society of the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick in the city of New York. Thank you, John. Regards home, and uh, congratulations on all of your success. Thanks, Arthur. All the best. Be well, my friend. So we're just bragging about this state. We're bragging about the city. Well, what bank would you rather go to? Would you rather trust with your money in this city than a bank named after this state? The Empire State Bank, which is the bank that you can trust. It's a local bank where you get personal service. And for us lawyers who, you know, the, the way lawyers get in trouble the most with the ethics committee has to do with mismanagement of your IOLA accounts. And sometimes that is not an intentional act. It is a negligent act, but it is, there is zero tolerance. And here's what Empire State Bank has. It has an IOLA escrow account management system that is built for attorneys and law firms because we have the fiduciary responsibility of managing our clients' funds. And the way it works is you have one master checking account with unlimited sub-accounts for each client, allowing you to keep clients' funds separate from your own. You can allocate account interest, generate reports, disperse funds, generate year-end tax preparation, and your funds are safe because at Empire State Bank, they provide FDI insurance greater than $250,000. Open an IOLA checking account and take your law firm to the next level with Attorney Advantage Banking exclusively at Empire State Bank with locations in Brooklyn, Staten Island, and Queens. Call Empire State Bank today at 833-393-7700-833-393-7700 or visit ESBNA.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 
Hi, my name's Joe Cordell. Sometimes in divorce, courts require the higher earner to pay to the other party what's called spousal support or alimony. Usually this order can be modified in certain circumstances, but such modifications are often complicated and are best entrusted to attorneys that are well acquainted with such matters. Remember, you're not alone. 866-DADS-LAW, 701 Eastgate Drive, Suite 310, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, 08054. Diana Magala, licensed in New York and New Jersey. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. CordellCordell.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's legal night tonight on Radio Night Live, and that means court journalism superstar Imran Ansari will be alongside. We'll be breaking down the biggest cases of the day. Please don't miss it tonight, starting at 7. Join us for the Salem Business Breakfast, Wednesday, April 27th at Bergen Community College. Register at am970theanswer.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. 88. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970. The answer. We have some clouds. We have some fog. We have a little bit of light rain. It's 52 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is headed to Poland and Germany this weekend. The Democrat joins a bipartisan delegation with nine other senators visiting both nations. They'll be meeting with U.S. military leaders, NGOs, and Ukrainian refugees as the Russian invasion continues. Gillibrand said the trip will further demonstrate the Senate stands united in its support for Ukraine, adding they hope to gain more insight into the crisis and witness firsthand the heartbreaking humanitarian impact of Putin's war of aggression. It's looking more and more likely that downtown Manhattan congestion pricing will be going into effect by the end of 2023. Let's get more from Paul DeCastro. The MTA expects to have federal approval for its congestion pricing by the end of the year, setting up a late 2023 launch for the program. Congestion pricing passed the state legislature in April of 2019. According to reports, money collected from the tolls to drive into parts of Manhattan will go towards MTA transportation projects. The MTA estimates that the toll will range from 9 to $23, depending on the time of day. Paul DeCastro, NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Paul. Taking a look at the traffic, 20 to 30 minutes at the outbound Holland Tunnel. 15 on the inbound side from 1 and 9, still a good ride from the turnpike approach. 20 to 25 minutes at the outbound Lincoln, 5 to 10 now on the inbound side. George Washington Bridge, that's a pretty good ride. If you're in Manhattan trying to get to the outbound GW Bridge, West Side Highway, northbound, getting better, but still not great. 96th Street's where the delays start heading uptown. The FDR northbound has gotten better until you get up towards the Triborough Bridge. You'll be slow, and you're slow on the Harlem River Drive from the 150s on up, and southbound we're jammed up from the 90s down to 23rd Street. Cloudy and foggy tonight, some evening showers around, low 44. Sunshine tomorrow, high of 71. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. All right, well, we're all started up over here. And, you know, look, New York is far from perfect, um, but we're definitely on the road. And I, and I just want to thank uh, John Coleman, uh, the, the president of the Friendly Sons, 
um, for doing his part because, you know, last night's event, it's all it's all you crawl, then you walk, then you run. And last night's event and then today's parade and all of these things add up <clears throat> to bring us back, to bring New York back. Um, I was on the subway today and as I'm sitting, I look up and I was like an inspector of the NYPD, which is a very, very high rank, was walking through with a sergeant and two police officers. So there's four of them patrolling the number four train, uh, I, you know, earlier this morning. And I looked at him, I was like, wow, you're down here? And he said something like, we're all down here. So they are really focusing hard. I mean, everyone's like, oh, what's taking so long for crime to go down? Folks, you don't just flip a switch. Um, the new anti-crime unit went out last night for the first time in the Bronx. Bang! Two hours later, they make a gun arrest. Two hours later. Um, and sure enough, it was a guy with a record and had priors, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think Mayor Adams called him like the po- the poster boy of the criminal problems here in New York City. So, um, but even though we're trying, even though we're working... This morning when I dropped Arthur off at school, which was a fantastic experience, it was Green Day for obviously obvious reasons, and he chose to wear a shirt with the Incredible Hulk. Doc Bruce Banner turns into the Hulk. And I said, Arthur, whatever you do, I said, you could look like the Hulk, but don't act like the Hulk in school. I'm like, it's not going to go over too well. Um, but there's Arthur walking to school without a mask at five years old. Um... But if he was just a little younger and he was four years old, he would have to wear a mask. Uh, if kids in, I guess, pre-K and nursery school, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people are upset about that. I, I read today that the one heckle, although Mayor Adams was got a very warm welcome from the city, the one heckle that he got was from a mom who gave him a hard time about, you know, why is my four-year-old have to wear a mask? Last week, um, or the week before, I forget, in the, the parade out in Rockland, another mother um, named Courtney gave him a hard time. And he said, look, we're going to work on this soon. But it's not soon enough for certain people. And they went to a great lawyer, a, a lawyer who was uh, a Brooklyn Law School graduate. Uh, and he's a lifelong New Yorker, so he knows what New Yorkers need. He's got his fingers on the pulse. I want to welcome to the airwaves the lawyer who is representing the people who are upset about this uh, four-year-old and below, or I should say below five-year-old mask mandate, Michael Chessa. Hey, Michael, how are you? Hey, Arthur. I'm great. How are you? Happy St. Patrick's Day. Back at you, my friend. Um, So, look, I'll cut to the chase. There have been a lot of lawsuits about masks and about vaccines, and it seems like uh, the government is, are, is always winning these lawsuits. So tell the uh, tell our friendly listeners, you know, what your lawsuit is about and why you think you will be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, first of all, obviously, you, the the chances of winning isn't necessarily the reason you bring the suit to begin with, and I, I know you know that. Um, but the the important thing is that lawsuit of the kind that we filed, which is based in the constitutionality or the unconstitutionality of these mask mandates, is a check on the government. It's, it's a pushback on, in this case, executive power. Uh, so it's a necessary part of our judicial system. It's a necessary part of our democracy. Uh, and, and not only that, I, I really do believe that we have not just a viable case here, but an important one 
that regardless of where you fall on the mask, anti-mask mandates, I think as a New Yorker, it's something you should care about. It's something you should be interested in. Um, so <clears throat> the basis of the suit is really to challenge this current, what we call the toddler mask mandate, which as you described, keeps anybody under the age of five, whether you're in the DOE or in a private daycare, it keeps these kids in masks all day long. It keeps their teachers and the staff that work with them uh, masks all day long. And what we looked at, besides the fact that these things are anti-science, that they don't make sense, and we can get into that a little bit if you want, uh, what we looked at is where is the authority coming from to issue these mandates? Who's issuing them? What's the process? You know, what was involved? Was there was the public involved? Are, are laws being passed? Are bills being brought by the city council? And frankly, when you lift up the hood and you look, you see that none of that is being done. That these rules, these regulations are being, uh, to use a fancy legal word, promulgated, um, being written and issued by the New York City Department of Health uh, as if they're, you know, controlling the kind of tree that you can plant in your backyard or uh, the kind of insect spray you can use. They're, they're passing what are really laws without going through any of the legislative process that the city charter requires. If, if so, I, and Michael, look, you're 100, you're 100 percent correct, correct, and I understand that you're fighting for everyone because you, what you're saying is the entire process is being sidestepped. But can't right. you say that for uh, you know the the previous mandates? You, you can. One of the things about this specific toddler mask mandate is that it is for the very reasons that you started identifying as you you made the introduction. Uh, it's arbitrary. It, it has no real basis in reason. It chooses between a four-year-old and a five-year-old and separates them based on the availability of a vaccine. Now, as you all know, most parents of five-year-olds aren't having their kids vaccinated. I mean, certainly they have the right to, and, and there are some parents that are, but the majority aren't. So at the very same school, you can have a four-year-old and a five-year-old passing each other in the hall, being in the same building, yet the four-year-old is in a mask all day long, and the five-year-old isn't. So there's an arbitrariness to the current mandate that, that is something we're challenging in court. Um, besides the fact that a lot of the early mandates that were challenged were during the, the peak of COVID, you know, the first couple months, the first summer, where the emergency powers that the government claims, which then can override a constitutional issue, they were viable. They were real. There was an emergency. But, but as Anybody who's, you know, you took social studies in 11th grade knows democracy can't function under a permanent state of emergency. And that's the way the mayor is operating right now. Uh, and, and listen, somebody needs to challenge him. It just turns out that it's me. Are you going to uh, are you going to go and represent Kyrie Irving so that he can come play basketball for the Nets? Because I wish you would, by the way. I mean, I, would just, it's, I, mean, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. At home, I'll do it. I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I mean, he could he could sit in the stands shoulder to shoulder with spectators who we don't know are they vaccinated they aren't but he can't sit yeah. on the bench and enter the game and obviously you know that's that, that I mean the Nets must be freaking out I mean they must be freaking out on him for not taking the vaccine because they I mean he, they would be doing a lot better there's no doubt about that if he was on the team well I want to thank you because you know taking on these cases are um it's not an easy job number one it's not like there's a 
a, a template that you just follow and you fill in the blanks. So good right. for you. And what vet venue did you file the case in? We filed it in Lichten County. We filed it in Staten Island. We have petitioners. We have parents from all five boroughs. Uh, had a significant amount of parents also from Richmond who have children that have suffered real injury. Besides the fact that I think, and a lot of people think, including you know, experts on speech and childhood development, that merely having a mask on all day at the age of three is an injury. There's also parents that have suffered some real sad, tragic situations here. You know, autistic kids who, who can't wear the mask, so they have to be removed from the classroom and isolated. Um, physical injuries like rashes, there's asthma. There's a lot of different things that are happening in these schools um, in terms of the parents and the kids' injuries. So we filed in Richmond County, Staten Island. Well, I wish you the best of luck, and uh, maybe you'll have the luck of the Irish uh, uh, on this day. And uh, when do you have an idea of when this couldn't be decided? Uh, the city now has the chance to respond to our initial papers, uh, and we're going to be back in court in Staten Island on April 5th to hear the judge's decision. All right. Well, Michael, feel free to call back in and let us know what's going on. And uh, if there's a, you know, give, keep us updated because I know this is something that matters to everyone. Thanks for giving us an update, Michael. Best of luck to you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Arthur, thanks a lot. Have a good night. Where once we watched the small free birds fly. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-27. Hi, Jerry Hickey here. And Amanda Williams. And welcome to the Invite Health Buy One Get One Free Spring Sales Event. Buy any Invite Health product at suggested retail and get the second bottle free. This is a good time to talk with one of our nutritionists about Greens HX, supplying fruits and vegetables along with healthy probiotics and energy herbs. Just one of the many products you can double up on during the Spring Buy One Get One Free Sales Event. Give us a call to order by phone or to speak with a degreed healthcare professional. Seven days a week. For Invite Health's buy one, get one free spring event, call 800-459-2272. That's 800-459-2272. Visit invitehealth.com for product information and retail locations near you. Take advantage of Invite's limited time buy one, get one free spring event. Call 800-459-2272. That's 800-459-2272. Or go to invitehealth.com. Invite Health. Get healthy, stay healthy. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You don't want to miss what's in store for you at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City. It's the 7th Annual 21st Century Drug and Violence Prevention Training Conference put on by LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs. As a community, let's come together as one and help develop our youth into leaders of tomorrow. LEAD partners, law enforcement agencies with our educators, community leaders, families to create programs that deter youth and adults from drug use, drug-related crimes, bullying, and violence. 
violence. They are committed to reinforcing the mutual respect, goodwill, and relations between law enforcement and their communities. Exactly what this country needs. Registration is available for the three-day conference at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City, March 20th through the 22nd. Sign up at leaddrugs.org. That's lead, L-E-A-D, drugs.org. Help bring law enforcement and our community together during these difficult times. Sign up for the 7th Annual Lead Conference today. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. spectacular it's 20 years later i am and 20 plus years later i'm still speaking of it they had in their background just scrolling the names of everyone who had died and bono took the stage and said you know even though i am from ireland not only is my heart in america but my heart is in new york i love new york we only are what we are as a band because of New York and what we learned from New York. And, and, you know, we're in Madison Square Garden, which is the musical mecca of the world. And they were just fantastic. And U2 has been a huge part of my life. Bono is on my um, Mount Rushmore of music. Uh, so in uh, 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 an a AM 970 tribute to the Irish Americans, you know, Jerry Crowley makes us do this, by the way. But, uh, no, that's not true. Uh, I want to thank uh, Bono and you two for all of the wonderful memories. And Irish music is just very uplifting. As I said, when the Cork County Band came into uh, Bobby Vance today, uh, cranking out a nation once again, I was thrilled. Uh, I'll tell you something I'm not thrilled about, and it's a very personal note. Domenico DeMarco died. Sam Bolino, I'm going to need you to chime in here. Domenico DeMarco died. He was in his 80s. Um, for 57 years, he ran what pizzeria? DeFara in Midwood, Brooklyn. Right. I think it's Avenue... It's it's J- on Avenue J, J right? about like East 16th Street. Yeah, and I've never been there. I mean, no. I feel bad that Domenico died, um, but I've never been there. I mean, I 
in Bay Ridge, they used to be Sal's on 4th Avenue and 80, between 86th and 87th. And then one block away, it's uh, Pizza Wagon, which is a Bay Original, which has been there over 50 years. It's on 5th Avenue. That's for your, um, you know, your regular slice. And then, you know, if you want the square, I, although Pizza Wagon Square is spectacular, but it's a traditional square that's got the sauce and the cheese. And then where we'll be going, uh, I'm not going to tell the exact date because I don't need people storming uh, L&B Spumoni Gardens. But then their square is on a whole other level. Have you ever tried it there, San Bolino? Uh, uh, yes, of course I've <laughs> tried it over there. <laughs> it's fantastic. So Domenico passed away almost 60 years, 57 years toiling away. And he made pizza the way uh, these the, this older couple... Um, who I watched make pizza in a little town in Sicily on the beach called San Vito Lo Capo, uh, where my dad, mom brought me when I was a little boy, and I continue to go back there. I can't wait to go back there. But if you saw the way these people made the pizza and the rice balls, <laughs> you wouldn't be eating it. But I was woofing it down. I mean, they're literally dripping sweat into the sauce, and <laughs> they're rolling it out. But it is so delicious and mouth-watering. So I will never know what... Uh, with Domenico's pizza at at Tafara's tasted like? Did you taste it? I have, and uh, it, I thought it was very good. I mean, did it live up to the hype that uh, you waited an well, hour for a pie? It, it is pretty world renowned. It, it's made its way to number one on multiple best pizza right. places in New York lists. And yes, you have to give him credit for you know he he used uh, only ingredients imported from Italy. He definitely put his love and heart and soul into it. I'm gonna have to ask if I had more time. Maybe tomorrow I could sneak Lenny on from L and B. To uh, ask him about that. What do you think, Joni? Can we get Lenny on from L&B tomorrow to, to talk about? Tomorrow we'll, we'll put him on. We don't have enough time today because Lenny likes to talk. So if we're going to put Lenny on, we got to talk. Um, well, I also just wanted to give you guys a heads up on something that I thought was very excellent um, for your ears. And that is um, I listened to Frank Morano's podcast this morning from a couple of days ago. And um, I think it was because he's on in the middle of the night. So I think it was Wednesday going into the, no Tuesday going into Wednesday. Uh, and he had Paul Manafort on. And uh, it's a it's a fascinating interview. It really is. Uh, it's worth your time. But having nothing to do with with politics and Trump and his own case, Manafort was asked about Epstein's suicide, Jeffrey Epstein's suicide. Um and I don't know if, if Mr. Morano was prepped on this or not because Mr. Manafort knew a lot about the facility where Epstein was held. And I saw Jeffrey Epstein. It was either the Wednesday or the Thursday before he was he, he died. I was visiting a client there. I walked in and there was Epstein with two paralegals. They happened to be two young women, which kind of raised my eyebrows. Um, and... From the people I've spoken to, I, I'm not buying this like huge conspiracy theory like, you know, someone got him killed, Prince Andrew got him killed, Bill Clinton got him killed before he, you know, could tell he could flip on them. Um, I think, you know, the guy led a very hedonistic life. Uh, he had just been denied bail. He'd been in jail for 18 months or was sentenced to 18 months and, and had done jail time before, so he knew what he was getting into. He was in his mid-60s, no wife. No kids. I think he had an estranged brother. He, he didn't have a lot to live for, a lot to look forward to. He had done almost everything he, uh, humanly possible. He probably he would have been one of these guys going to space now. 
So I, I don't think it's so far-fetched that he killed himself. And basically, Paul Manafort, what he said was, they say that when you're in uh, you know, solitary and you're being watched all the time, you're supposed to be being watched all the time, that that's not really the case. That the guards aren't there all the time. They drift off. They go to the bathroom. They go to sleep. And that the opportunity uh, is is possible for you to figure out a way to tie your clothes up and hang yourself, uh, which is what Epstein did. It was just interesting to hear from someone who, unlike many of us, are out there, you know, guessing and pontificating. Paul Manafort was in the same exact area and was under the same exact supervision. So he's able to articulate, you know, exactly how it works and how it how it the supervision. I mean, when um, Maxwell, his girlfriend, whatever, was in in prison, she said that they kept the lights on and they were like entering herself every a cell every 15 minutes. I mean, the poor woman couldn't sleep. They were it was, she was like sleep deprived because they were not going to make the same mistake again by not supervising somebody. So I just share that with you because I found it very, very interesting. Um, also, we reported on Monday that Dolly Parton was asking the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to withdraw her name from consideration of entering the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have not accepted her withdrawal. So she's still on the ballot with 17 other people. And they say, even though she's known as a country singer, we have R&B singers in here. We have people from other genres in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it had such a an, an influence on rock and roll. And she did have some pretty big pop songs. So she's on the list. And I bet you the fact that she got all of this hype will actually make her win. Um, so good for pop, Dolly Parton. And um, finally... Columbia University has a professor in it. I believe he's a mathematical wizard. And he is contesting the U.S. News and World Report's rankings of colleges. That He's, he's contesting whether Columbia is really number two behind Princeton or whether there are some shenanigans that went on that raised it so high. So he's not actually advocating for his own university. He's saying, I don't know, in 1988... They were 18, and in this relatively short period of time, they become the best uh, college in the nation. I believe uh, Princeton, Columbia, Harvard, MIT, those are like the top four. A couple of them are tied, et cetera, et cetera. But um, it was a great day in New York. It was a, 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 a with a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, New York is back. We still have a ways to go, but we're clearly on our way back. God willing, there'll be no, no more uh, variants uh, of this disease. If uh, older people need another jab, they should get the other, they should get the next jab. But I am so excited! Tomorrow's Friday. We'll have a fun show. We'll get Lenny on to talk about some um, some pizza. We'll have Padre Lowe give us a little libation suggestion. I'm going to take this crew out for uh, some corned beef and cabbage, and I'll have a non-alcoholic beer. But they'll some do some drinking. Good night. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.